0: We're starting today Beya. Even though it's pronounced, it's written Beytzah, you're supposed to pronounce it Beya. As they brought down in Mogen Avram and Shochnauch, Simen Vav, is a word that has allusions to other meanings that are not so nice, not so eloquent. So therefore you're supposed to pronounce it Beya, even though there's a tzaddik there. And lately I hear a lot of people pronouncing it beitzah. Obviously they're not aware of that Mogen Avram. Um, this this Mesechta is also called Mesechta Yamtev because this Mesechta Beya covers all the dinim of Yamtev. Um, all Yamtev universally share the same dinim. And the Tede says when it comes to uh, Yamtev that that which you require to, to, uh, uh, to uh, enable you to eat on Yamtev, we allow you to, uh, to do those Malachas on Yamtev. So certain malachas are permitted on Yom tib, which are necessary. You couldn't do them prior. And a machlek, as the we're showing him how far back, what early stages can we talk about? We talk about even about you know grinding and 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 or we're talking about once you have the flour, you learn to bake it. So let's talk about it later as machlekes are showing him on that. And also, when it comes to the laws of Muktzah, there's, there's a there's a logic that perhaps Yom is more severe than Shabbos because people take Yom a bit more likely thinking that you can do all these malachas, why can't you do also uh, muktzah? Carrying is the only malacha that even though you could have done it before Yom we allow you to do it on Yom because we want you to be besimcha. The theme of Yom is Simcha, anything which enables you to have more Simcha, we are, are, are relaxed with. It. So, about the Mishnah. The Mishnah is going to count three arguments where beishamai is more lenient than beishil, Hill, which is very rare. And all three pertain to the laws of Yamtiv. So the first one is a generic law. Beya Shinodabi be on an egg that was laid on Yamtiv. We'll see in the Gemara later, there we'll see in the Gemara there'll be a discussion that two kinds of hens: a hen that is was prepared in order to eat, a live hen that you set aside when you're to eat. So there are obviously na muxilarashakti on yamtuf. And then if so, we're gonna we'll have a discussion why in the world should the egg be forbidden. If you're allowed to eat the chicken, surely you should eat the egg. If you were gonna shake the chicken, you would eat eaten the egg with it. So why if the egg was laid should be any different, as we'll discuss in the Gemara? Or we could be talking about a hen that was set aside to lay eggs. In other words, he had no intention of being a Yumta, so it is muktzah, And and the egg, therefore, as a result, also muktzah. So then the discussion will be so why would there be a machlekus if it's muktzah? or not? Of course it's muktzah. So we'll just we'll see. Beish and Olviyantov and was laid and Yantov be Shami and be says teyach. Be says you may eat it. Ubeis hil Aimim letiach. You cannot eat it. Taysi really asks. Another shayne. Why do we use the word eat and not to say muter or If we would have said the word muter, we would have said muter means a lot of moving around. It's tamukta. You cannot eat it. Therefore, the Mishnah spelled out. You could eat it. I mean, says, so that's argument number one, but is more lenient. He says you can eat the egg, that was later in argument number two, which has nothing, it's not a general Yom-tif question, but a specific one on Pesach. Bishamma says when it comes to, um, when it comes we'll see Limara later, they yeah, were talking about whether we're talking about eating or Bayerah. But when it comes to uh, Bayerah, because it has a positive call, so, you know, and you shouldn't see any chametz, you shouldn't find any chametz in the house, so he says there are two different rules, one for se'or and one for chametz, and that is as follows, B'sham says when it comes to se'or, the sourdough, the yeast, because that is not just chametz, but that you know, those leaven, it causes other things to become chametz as well, then we are more stringent, because that is the size of an olive, is already forbidden, uh, the chametz, but when it comes to chametz, which doesn't have the power to make other things eleven just so in itself. Then by Christavis. then it's a then it's a, te- a date, which is larger than the olive but smaller than an egg. So he's lenient. And Beis Hillel says zeba, zeba, No difference. So khamets always a kazais That's argument number two. Where Beis Hill is more machmed than Beis Shammai. Argument number three: We know when we shecht a bird or you shecht a chayil like a deer venison. There's a special mitzvah called Kisi Hadam. You have to cover the blood with dust. We don't have this mitzvah when you shecht an animal. So what happens on Yom Can you shecht an animal when you don't have the dust available? You have to sort of dig it up. So HaShaychet chayyab, B'Yom Tiv. You shecht a Chaya on Yom itself. I mean, says Yach badekem. You dig with your shovel, hasa, and you cover it. And we'll talk about later. The shovel is already there and there's already loose dirt over there. So you just pick up the, the shovel and the dirt comes out. And yet Basil says also, Basil disagrees, even then, <laughs> you cannot check unless you already set aside this, the dust right before Yamta that you're going to use this for Kisei Hada. Otherwise, it's not but a medium, they all agree. But if you did check now you have a mitzvah, the mitzvah say of kiss Adam will override that concern. That as long as you already have soft sand over there and the, and the shovel is there, so you can then take the shovel and move the sand out of the shield. We might have a in a case where it was already done. Then the Mishnah concludes the ashes of, a, of an oven are prepared. Now, what exactly this line means, where's the ashes of an oven, have to do what we're talking about. the will say it's a new case over there. And we're going to talk about if the ashes were created on, on Yom Tif, or before Yom if you can use those ashes as dust. We'll see you later, in Yom Okay, Yom So We're trying to understand what's the case of a time ago. So, in what are we talking about? Remember I told you two kinds of hens. A hen which was meant to be eaten, and it's namuksa. Then we have to wonder about the egg. What's the problem? Or it's a hen that was set aside for laying eggs, which means it is muktsa. And again, the egg definitely is muktsa. What's the discussion? So, the will say, and we're going to answer. Different ways I have to learn either one. The mais, okay, what are we talking about? but Melechila, the hen that was meant to be eaten. The Ma'atamayim Esil. Then what's the hill's problem? Why does he say you cannot eat a laid egg? Uchla the Ifrasu, it's food. is part of the hen. You could have eaten the hen. Why can't you eat the egg? Ella must be talking about Tanegoi Melechila, a hen set aside to lay eggs. In other words. It is muktzah for eating. You only set aside to lay eggs. No, so might mm-hmm. I Beshami? Why Beshami hold that you could eat the egg? It's muktzah. Mukti says, Well, that's a problem. Well, my kushya, what's the problem? We know there's an argument as to whether there's muktzah or not. Maybe Beshami holds, like Reb Shimon, that there's no muktzah. Says, Well, my kushya dealing with Beshami, less little muktzah. Maybe Beshami doesn't even hold the laws of muktzah. So, what's your kasha? He holds he hold that a tarnugal is set aside for laying eggs. Not only the egg is permitted, maybe even the tarnugal is permitted because they holds not hold the muktzah. No, right now we thought that even those who don't agree with mukta, there are different degrees of mukta. And the kind of moksha that we're talking about over here is called nilit. Even if Shimon doesn't agree with, let's say, the general principle of mukta Shabbos, agrees there are certain laws of mukta, like mukta, machim, chsar, and kiss, where there's a big loss so and you're not going to play around with it, you're not going to tamper with it, then Apshimon's maida that's completely removed from your mind is mukta. We would have thought that nilit. Is, it seems more like breaking the spirit of Shabbos than any other kind of mukzah. What's noilud? Noilud is something that wasn't here before, suddenly it appeared in Shabbos. Isn't that what Shabbos is all about? The world was created, and we now cease creating the world. So we would have thought that noilud is a type of mukzah that even those who don't agree with mukzah, the principle of mukzah, will agree that noilud is different. And that's why we're asking, even if this bird is set aside, not for eating, but for laying eggs, how can you eat an egg that came from it? That laid egg is new; noilud. We said, th- more explains the question. I feel them understand the even those who say mukta permitted, but nilud should be forbidden. So, my tamaylid, the beshamay, why in the world does beshamay say that it's all right that you're permitted to eat the egg? We're going to have a number of answers in the Gemara. First, the Gemara is going to go down the direction of mukta. Now, if the direction of mukta, then how come? The is lenient over here, but we're going to say beshamay holds no mukta, no nilud. Your assumption is wrong. Really, we're talking about a hen that's there to lay eggs, and therefore it is muktah. Those who agree with the principle of mukta agree with the principle of noyla. But those who don't agree with the principle of mukta don't agree with the principle of noyla. And therefore, Beis holds like Rabbi Shimon that there's no Muktzah, there's no Neilut, and that's why he permits you to eat that late egg on Yom And Beis ki Rabbi Yehuda, Beis Hillel, Rabbi Yehuda, there is Muktzah different than Says the Gemara, "Did Rab Nachman really say that? Why not? What's the problem?" Sigmar explains. <clears throat> um, no, but did Rab Nachman really say that Beis holds like Rabbi Yehuda? That Mukhtar is forbidden and therefore Nail is forbidden. That's why the egg is forbidden. But now I'll show you somewhere else that Nachman learns that Hill is actually lenient when it comes to Mukhtar. That Hill is the one who says that there's no Mukhtar on Shabbos. And yet here you're telling me that the argument. Of Hillel and Shammai revolves around the laws of Muktzah. The Hillel is stricter. He believes in he believes in Nailud. And Shammai is lenient. No Muktzah, no Nailud. And in fact, Nachman, the very same Nachman elsewhere said that Hillel doesn't believe in the laws of Muktzah and Shabbos. Where is that? Because look, now we learn Be BeShammai. I mean, we had in the Mishnah BeShammai says in mm-hmm. after you finish eating, you let's say your chicken or your meat, the bones which you no longer plan to eat are lachayut Muktzah. He holds you're allowed to lift it from the table, the bones, the and the shells. In other words, he doesn't believe in the laws of Muktzah. Says, you cannot pick up the individual pieces, because when you lift the entire board, the entire table, and you shake it off. And that's how you get rid of the bones. In other words, Basil believes in the laws of and that's why you have to move the table. But came along, I heard from my teachers all the way around, that you have to swap the names around. It's B'Shamah who believes in Muksa and Basil doesn't. There is, muktze, and there is no muktze. So the same Rab Nachman said, there's no mukta. And Hill explains our Mishnah that Hill says the egg that was laid is forbidden because of Muksa, but Hill doesn't believe in mukta. You yourself said that. So Rab Nachman is going to say there's a difference between Shabbos and Yamtiv. That discussion there was Shabbos. Shabbos Hill doesn't believe in the laws of mukta, and and Shammai, and Shammai um, does. But in Yamtiv, it's the other way around. In Yamtiv, Hill does believe in the laws of Muksa. Why? First of all, how do I know? It says the Gabi by we have a Stam Mishnah like Shimon. whenever rabbi Whenever wanted to declare that the halacha is like this Mishnah, he would leave it anonymous to say, I agree with it. It doesn't belong to any individual author. This is universal or consensus. So in the laws Shabbos, we have a Stam Mishnah that follows a Shimon, there's no muktsim, therefore the halacha by Shabbos, there's no muktsim, that's hill. And in Yom we have a Stam Mishnah where there is Muktzah, so therefore the Halacha is that there is Muktzah. That's Hill holds Muktzah. There's no question between Shabbos and Yom Tov. Where do we see by Shabbos that Hill, that the Stam Mishnah says there's no Muktzah? Now we learned. You're allowed to cut up gourd before an animal on Shabbos. and an animal that died, klavim that died on Shabbos. Even though it died on Shabbos, in other words, yesterday it was alive, so it was muksi. He so had no intention of doing anything with it on Shabbos, and they say it was not ready to be eaten by dogs. Nevertheless, it's permitted. Why? Because there's no muktzeh on Shabbos. So therefore, he'll hold. You're allowed to remove. Individually pick up each bone and the shells and throw it away. Toss away because there's no laws of Mux and Shabbos. That's why Reb Nachum swaps names around when it comes to laws of bones. However, so Shabbos the strong, there's no Muktzah. Uh, but it comes to Yamtiv, Rabbi Yamtiv, Sossamotanek, Rabbi Yehuda. When it comes to Yamtiv over there, we have a Stam Mishnah that's like Rabbi Yehuda. What do we see by Yamtiv? Because we have a Tanzer like Rabbi Yehuda. Nan, by Stan said, there is muxa. what's the story there? It says a mavakin ate him if you need firewood on Yamtuf, do not chop wood min-hak-e-tif. You had beams piled up used for construction, so therefore it was mukta You had no intention of using that firewood. You cannot on go ahead and use the firewood and chop them up. Why? Because they are mukta. Now suddenly Yamtuf is a that says we do follow the principle of mukta. And likewise, loy We have a beam that was intact. And then suddenly um, it, it broke on Yom so now it's ready to be firewood. But since yesterday, it wasn't ready to be firewood. It's Mukta. So, what do we see? That when it comes to Yom we do follow the principles of, of, of Mukta. So, therefore, on Yom the halach is there is Mukta, and on Shabbos, the halach is there is no Mukta. And that's why there's no conflict between Rabbi Nachman's explanation on Mishnah here, Yom Tov, Rabbi nachman's explanation over there by bones on Shabbos. Now, the Gemara wants to know what's the logic. It says the Gemara. So the mukzel be'shil k'rab Yehuda meh. So Mordecai said, I don't understand. Man's discussion is who's the one who decided to establish Mishnahs and non It's Rabbi. So Maishla be'shaba is why is it when it comes to Masecht, when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, the Susselank k'rab Shimon there he decides to align in sort of Shimon that what that there's no mukzel. Um Maishla be'yamtiv why is it when it comes to Yamtiv the Susselank k'rab when it comes to Yamtiv he said I follow Yehuda there is mukzel. What's the logic of that? I'm going to explain there is a logic to it. Shabbos, the Hamidah, Shabbos, which is so stringent, the Shabbos, which is so stringent, people take Shabbos much more seriously and people won't treat it lightly. So we don't have to be that strict when it comes to laws of some Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they make what follows, be followed up, Shimon, that is lenient. On the they kill yom-tiv that people treat lightly because so many uh, malachas are permitted on which are forbidden on Shabbos so people start thinking that the entire yomtiv is, is you know something much more lenient than Shabbos they don't take it seriously but people take advantage and do things on yomtiv which you shouldn't so machman therefore we decide on the other end know what another we're going to be machman becomes of laws of books so people should take Shabbos seriously so that's how we Nachman understands our Mishnah that our Mishnah is talking about. Uh, the, the, the principle of mukta, and I'm talking about a hen which was set aside to lay eggs. So the Gemara, what do you tell me? We're talking about the town of so, so the Gemara's question obviously is going to be why focus on the egg? What about the hen itself? You're telling me the principle is, is the mukta? There's no mukta. So the hen that was set aside for laying eggs, according to, according to Basil, be- be- that is mukta, right? You had no intention of eating it. According to Shammai, who cares? There's no laws of mukta in yamsa. So why argue about the egg? Argue about the hen itself. I don't understand. But now you can the have it. Do you understand the mission? We're talking about our town of Gail. Sorry? Sorry, I'm talking to myself as you go along. Sorry. Okay. We're talking about our a hen. A hen that's set aside to lay eggs. Umish and the concern is mucz, so, why argue and discuss an egg, discuss the hen. Um, says the Gemara, an interesting concept. You know why we're discussing the, um, the um, what do you call it, you know why we're discussing the egg? I want to show you how far Be'i is leaning. Not only Muktze, Be-shamay says, I'm not concerned with you. Even nailed, which you t- said in the beginning, your initial, your initial premise was that nailed is stricter than any other mukta because it's created on Shabbos. This is it's similar to creation and we should, uh, you know, abstain from it. So you want to tell holds that there's, there's no nailed on Yomtze. Not only no Muktze, there's no nailed. And that's why we argue about an egg. It's much severe, it's a, it's a severe case of mukta. So you want to highlight how lenient Bishama is. Let's talk about the hen and highlight how strict Basil is, which is just as a wonder, just a great wonder as Bishama being lenient, bashil being strict. And not, not only the egg is forbidden, which is nailed, even the hen itself, which is merely muktah, is forbidden than yamtu. Shabbos is permitted, but you know, permitted but is forbidden. Isn't that a bigger Yiddish? The why don't we argue by the hand, And tell us how far Bezhil goes, to the mukza, assi, even just ordinary mukza. No, we have a choice to highlight either someone who's very strict or either highlight someone who's very lenient, we'd rather focus on the lenient, and Rashi explains very nicely why. A real rov, if a real rov is makel says Rashi, is lenient, and he has Yiddish Shemaim. he must make sure that he has a very strong basis, a very sound basis to his halacha. So you know that he's came from a point of view uh, of, of learning. But to be Mahmid, you can be the big Zamaurist. What's the big deal to be Mahmid? so easy to say, this is, this is a trait for that's it. So it doesn't prove you're a at all. But to be mekel, if you're Shemaim, if you're not Yerushamayim, it's not konzidur. But if you're Shemaim and you want to be mekel, then you have to know what you're talking about. So O'Div. Yeah. We'd rather hear the one who's mata because obviously he's, he's basing it on, 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 on sound and solid ground rather than, what's a big deal somebody's machim? So everyone's machim. You don't have to be a Talmachacham to say this is forbidden the reason why we're highlighting an egg because we want to demonstrate how far what's the big deal argue on both even though usually we only bring down one argument and we say we're coming but over here is only like one extra word just say and that's it and we would cover both grounds usually when you want to cover both you have to add more or a whole bunch of words just one word so you Simon ask? when you go to buy say Tanagol is met as a guy beam I that's what we're talking about he obeys it's one extra word he and the egg fish am so I mean little egg so as a result of that the mother is not is not uh, satisfied so we are going to Steer away from learning and talking about Muxer, and we're going to talk about an ordinary hen that's, that was set aside for eating. And you're allowed to, you're permitted to eat the hen, and that's why there's no discussion about the hen. Shaman and Hill both hold, you can eat the hen. The discussion is about the egg. And why should there be a problem with the egg? Why should there be a problem with the egg? Because, the Gemara, um, because we have a concept we're going to learn that called a That, you know, the says clearly you have to bake and cook before Yom Tov, before Shabbos, you know, cooking Shabbos. But then the Torah says also that you should prepare. That's what you're going to use on Shabbos. This is called hakhanah. You have to prepare. Shabbos demands. Shabbos and Yom Tov are both very choshev, so it demands whatever you're going to make for them it has to be choshev as well. So we learn now that only a weekday can prepare for Shabbos and Yom Tov, but Shabbos cannot prepare for Yom Tov, and Yom Tov cannot prepare for Shabbos, because it has to be be Only a weekday can you prepare because it's choshev. But for example. On an ordinary Sunday, even though the egg was laid on Shabbos, so looking preparing for Shabbos Sunday, it's not a problem because Sunday is not a day. The meals don't have to be prepared. So we don't view that which you did on Shabbos as if you're preparing it for Sunday meal. Nobody prepares for, for the next day meals. It's only Shabbos and Yom which are so that whatever you do prior is called the preparation. And the Ta'idah says that preparation should be done on a weekday. When you gather the month, says the Gemara, here. I was meant to be eaten, so I was meant to be eaten, so what's the problem? The problem, we were talking about a case where Sunday was Yom Tif and Shabbos was the day before. And so, therefore, the egg is, is laid on Sunday. It was finished, completed on Shabbos. That means that Shabbos prepared for Sunday, even though it, you didn't do it, it happened naturally, the should did it, it's still, it's still a preparation. And we know, in the taita says, only the weekday should prepare for Yom Shabbos, but not Shabbos should prepare. Um, uh, um, um. Ksav Rabba Rabba Haos. Kabele Moshe Avdei. Any egg that was laid on the a Sunday, me et makdomla was completed yesterday on Shabbos. But Rabba, Tamei Damar Rabba says, my Tchivs isn't posse. Vahoye b'yom hashishi be'echinu es On the sixth day and the weekday, you should prepare what you need for Shabbos with the double month. And uh, and Shama and, and 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 what do you call it? And the, as Rashi explains, it can't be talking about baking and cooking, because that is a separate passage. Offer you offer you that you should cook everything and bake everything before Shabbos. Or Taisa said that's not really called preparing because all it is you're 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 changing the food. Here it's talking about something like brand new something wasn't day before and you brought it in. So we live in the past, like a six day a weekday can prepare for Shabbos. Yom so Tov a weekday can prepare for Yom Tov. But Yom Tov Shabbos, Yom Tov. Yom Tov cannot prepare for Shabbos and Shabbos cannot prepare for Yom Tov. So we're talking. Our Mishnah is talking about a case where Yom Tov was on a Sunday. Or uh, yam- uh, and because Yomteh was on a Sunday, that means the egg was complete on Shabbos, and Shabbos cannot prepare for a Sunday. Says so, the Gemara, um, Bay, of course, jumps on him straight away. He says, fine. What about on a Tuesday, Yomteh? For a Wednesday, Yomteh. If an egg was laid on a Tuesday or a Wednesday on Yomteh, you shouldn't be able to eat it, because it was prepared on a weekday before. What's the problem? Yet, our mission makes a general statement that, without any exceptions, that a, an egg laid on Yomteh is always forbidden. Amelibay um, by the to continue. Yomteh of Amatish, if falls out during the week, it should be permitted. Answers the The reason why if Yom to falls out on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, if the egg was laid then, you cannot eat the egg because next time if Yom to falls out on a Sunday, you'll think also you can eat the egg, but they can't because the egg laid on Sunday was was actually completed on a Shabbos. That means Shabbos is preparing for Sunday. Says the Shabbos So okay. But what about Shabbos? An egg laid on Shabbos, you should be able to eat because it was completed on a Friday. Says the Gemara again, if Yom was on a Friday, then Yom was when the egg was completed, so Yom Tov pre-mashabes. That's forbidden, and therefore you're not allowed to any day of the week Shabbos, regardless what was Friday. You're not allowed to eat an egg late on Shabbos, and nor can you eat an egg later on Yom because of a Yom-tif. Next time, if Yom was the day after Shabbos or Shabbos the day after Yom says the Gemara, by says the same. We had already this discussion: Do we make a Gzeda to a Gzeda or not? Even though we had an argument, between Abai and Rav, and Abay says you do make xayra, but then obviously changes mind. So Abay says, are we going to make a xayra on top of xayra, compound xayras?" So the Rabon are coming here to protect the Torah. But also Mishmeres says to Mr. Shmarty, "I want you to protect my Torah, but I don't want you to protect yourself. That's protecting my Torah. That's two steps away." So says the Gemara, do we make such a second degree?" But how we learn? It says clearly. <coughs> we'll come back to Zayin in a minute. It said we learned hen. first we ask a question before we get to the compounding Zayda, We ask a question. That's clearly if you found whole eggs in the chicken when in the hen, when you shechted it on Yom Tov, you're permitted to eat those eggs. You can eat it. But why the imitza? And if you're right, leaksim shumhanim So let to be goyzer. How can you go ahead and eat those eggs? What happened? It would have been laid today. If this egg, if you, if, you, if you waited an hour or two, it would have come out of the hut. And then it would be us to eat it. So, typically, you shakted at the early morning and therefore you found the eggs whole. Why are you allowed to eat it? Why aren't we worried that you're going to? Uh, you'll think, if you're allowed to eat a whole egg inside the chicken, why can't you eat a whole egg when it falls out of the chicken? Why aren't you? If, you, if you're entering gzeda, this is this makes a lot of sense. You're right. You're right. But when you shech the hen to find a complete egg le leshichis is highly rare. Well, milsud leshichis, which is uncommon, We don't make zayis unless it's common. Unless it's common, So that's one answer. The answer basically is that it's uh, not mukta, It's to do with uh, it's to do with de rabble. and that is that it's a hen. The hen is all right because it's not muktzah. You're meant to eat it, but the egg, you, it was prepared yesterday, and if yesterday would have been Shabbos, it's a Shabbos prepared for Yomte. Along the same lines, that the hen is no problem because you can eat it. But what's the problem there? Why we were guided by the egg is for um because it's something similar on Shabbos would have been as well. What do you mean? Rabbiesiv says should pay It's very similar to the case if a, if an apple falls off a tree on Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it. Why we're scared, you know, go pick it. So same thing over here. If the egg was um was, um, was laid on Shabbos, it's no different, it looks like a fruit that fell off the tree on Shabbos, and, or on Yom Tif, and therefore you cannot eat it. Says, I don't understand. I don't understand, says, um, Abay, Abay, says so Abayah, you know, equally deals with both. So, pay this time. What's the reason why you cannot eat a fruit that fell off a tree? Next time you'll climb a tree and you'll pick the fruit. So we have a valid reason why to go there. So the whole thing is executive So so, no, if an apple fall of a tree, we're worried the next time you climb a tree. So now you're going a step further and saying if an egg was laid on choppers because it looks like a fruit that fell, next time you can eat the fruit that fell on the ground. And then, and then and we're worried if you do that, you're going to pick a tree. That's too many steps. That's that's Xeta Lixeta. So as he came out, he grew up, the whole idea is a what? A fruit falling on the tree. Then next time you're climbing, we're we're gonna say that if they're not to eat because the egg, what do we worry about that? You're gonna go pick the egg out of the chicken. No, we're just saying that if you're gonna we are by understood. If we're gonna allow you to have the egg that was laid on Tov, next time you'll eat the fruit that fell down on Tov. And if you do that, next time you climb the tree. Isn't that two steps removed? No, when they actually made that decree and they said that fruits of the fall of a tree is forbidden, and the reason because you might climb the tree. So they said, no, You know what? No, they said anything at the same time when they banned the, the, the fallen fruits, they said, No, anything which is similar to that, anything which like that came out, appeared on Yom Kippur and Shabbos, is no, that looks like a fallen fruit because the fruit wasn't edible while it was hanging on the tree, only when it fell down to the ground, it is forbidden as well. So not like it was two steps. Not first they came along and they banned fallen fruits, and then they said, "Okay, let's see now what we banned after that." It was all done at the same time. It's all the same thing, and that's why it's forbidden. And just one more answer quickly. again, all the same theme. Abishchak, says the same thing. The hand was meant to be eaten. It was set aside to be eaten, so there's no muktzah. The problem is the egg. Rabbi says because the because he prepared him shabbos theemptive. Um, Rabbi um, Yesef said, because it's like fruits that fall and therefore it's part of that gzera. And Rabbi said, I agree with Rabbi in a way, but a different gzera. Gzera mushum shazov, you know how to squeeze grapes or olives because it's called schita. And then if it oozes out on its own, it's forbidden because we're worried if we are gonna allow you to drink, to drink the juice that fell out of the grapes, next time you can actually squeeze the grapes. So same here, this came out, from it emerged from the hen so therefore it's similar to that omelet um, by asked the same question so the way abaya understood it is first they banned the the liquid that oozes out and then they came along and said you know what we're going to ban also the egg because next time you'll drink the grape juice that came out and then the next time you'll squeeze so i'm going to buy the time what's the reason squeeze he goofed xader the whole thing you xader that make them and nicks <laughs> xader we will add another xader when so it answers, kula exaydi, the same thing. When they sat down, they made exayda, but the about juice that was oozing. They included also an egg that was laid. It was the same idea. So basically, we have the answer right now. Tomorrow, we'll continue the answer right now is because it's forbidden. Because I am, it's, it's not because of muqtse, but rather because the egg itself, either because the rabbis appeared yesterday and maybe Shabbos was yesterday. So we always ban it, or because of fruits that fall of the tree, or because of Ashken that oozed. I was going to tell you about uh, the month, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay.